Welcome to Turn to Your Neighbor. This is the Christian Talk Show where we talk about the church, music, movies, social media, and a whole lot more. My name is Cliff, and I know what you're thinking, neighbors. Where's Dre? Where's Dre? We told you last week Dre wasn't going to be on today, so you're stuck with me. But I have some special guests that I'm bringing on in a second. So I apologize right now to the Black Santa gang. I know you're a fearless leader. I know you're looking for him. He will not be here today. But you got me, and I got some wonderful brothers coming on the show today. The reason why we're doing today's show, in case you didn't know, in case you've been under a rock, haven't been paying attention, October is Pastor slash Clergy Appreciation Month. So I thought it would be a great idea to have a couple of pastors on to talk about the life of a pastor, the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and everything in between. So I got some great pastors joining me today. I'm going to bring them on right now. Bring all these great men of God on. So, uh, neighbors, I wanted to introduce you to my panel of pastors today. Below me is Pastor Dwight Kitchings uh, of Kadesh Ministries in Ellenwood, Georgia. Next to him is Pastor Richard Hampton, Turner Memorial Baptist Church in Steelton, PA. And next to me is my pastor. I'm so proud to that I have Pastor Nelson Bowen from Engaged Community Church in Waldorf, Maryland. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for joining yo, us. Yo, hey, yo, What's up? What's up? All right. So I got to say, um, because if I don't say this, I know some neighbor is going to call me out on this. Uh, Pastor B, you may not know this, but we have a running joke on this show okay. about, about my selection of churches. So the running joke is, because I grew up Church of God in Christ. Uh, Pastor Kitchen knows I grew up Church of God in Christ. <laughs> And um, so you know, over the years, I've come to, to see church a little differently and things like that. So I knew when I was looking for a church, I wanted to join one of those churches that was one word and then the word church, you know, like transformation church, reformation church, because and what I tell neighbors, and again, neighbors know this is all a joke, but I tell neighbors is that one word church, you get you in and out in about an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> one word church. One word. One word church, you get coffee in the lobby and all the other kind of stuff. One word church has lights and all the other stuff. So, uh, so at the time I joined, it was just Engaged Church, and then they changed the name on me to Engaged Community Church. So the neighbors are uh, probably some of y'all thinking, you know, what's going on? You was you was a one word church guy, and now I am not because they changed the name to Engaged Church. So just so all the neighbors know, when I first joined, it was one word in church. Absolutely. It definitely was. <laughs> but that's the running joke on the church. All right. So I want to thank all the neighbors for joining today. Um, in case uh, you, you're just joining, we are going to have a roundtable discussion. I got some great pastors, great men of God, all at different levels of experiences, all different from different parts of the country. We're going to have a talk about what's it like to be a pastor, the ins and outs. But neighbors, before we continue, I need you to do me a favor and please share right now, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube, even if you're watching on demand after the fact, just make sure you share so we can invite some other neighbors into the conversation. All right. So let's get to it. Um, I want to start off by, well, I want to know what caused you to get into pastoring so what what was that like um let's make that our first discussion what what was your what was your call into pastoring like and we'll start off with pastor hampton why don't you go just pastor hampton you you used to be on the show you know how it goes so yeah yeah um i didn't have 
I know maybe the other brothers may have had this. I didn't get the flash of lightning. Um, you know, no one, no one interrupted my sleep. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, disturbed in the middle of the night. And God said, "Go preach my word." It, it wasn't, it wasn't like that for me. It was just a, a heaviness, a weight. Um, I was, I was always a church kid. I grew up in church. My grandfather's a preacher. My dad is a deacon. Um, I, I just kind of always been around church and I just had a feeling, um, a heaviness that God was calling me to do more. And, um, you know, when I would listen to sermons, you know, I would, I would think to myself, if I was preaching it, I would go this way, or I would have said, I would have, I would have said that I thought that was normal. I didn't know. I didn't know that wasn't, that was, that was abnormal. And, and, um, but I didn't, I didn't want to preach. Uh, I felt well, I got called to preach when I was 17, but I felt like I hadn't really sinned good yet. So I wanted to I wanted to send some more, wanted to have some more fun, and, and you know preach at 50 or something like that. Um, but the more I tried to deny the call, you know, the more it kind of it kind of came out. I'd be doing youth speeches and and preaching, you know, sneaking a sermon in, uh, you know, stuff like that. So I, I finally, you know relented and accepted the call uh, and uh, you know 26 years later uh, I've been preaching at my church for uh, pastoring the Turner for 16 years and, and preaching for a total of 26 thank you very much Pastor Kitchens same question well it sounded like Pastor Hampton uh, told my life story there um, <laughs> well I, I'm a pre I'm a PK so I grew up in church. I was in church, as Cliff know, all the time, um, very active in church. At a young age, I knew God was like, like, like the, the other brother said, calling me to do more. But I wasn't hearing that. <laughs> I was, I didn't want, I didn't want it. The last thing I wanted to do as a preacher's kid was be a would be a pastor. I said I would never ever 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 be a pastor because I knew what pastors went through. Um like 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 uh my brother long line of pastors my pop my father was a pastor my aunt was a pastor my uncle was a pastor my godmother was a pastor my godfather was a pastor so I was surrounded by it. Mm -hmm. um, that's a good and a bad thing because I knew. But as I got older, God put me in situations where he used me to minister to people. We'd be talking about one thing that we probably shouldn't have been talking about. And that whole conversation would lead into me explaining scripture or me uh teaching a lesson from the bible or something like that uh becoming a pastor i ran from that mm, i want to say 30 years okay 30 years i knew i was called to be a pastor before i left new jersey and i've been out of new jersey for over 20 years now I knew I was called to be a pastor before I got married. So 
I ran because it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve God from the back. I, I'm a sound man. I'm an engineer. I could. I, I wanted to be in the background. I, I, I write. So I wanted to be in the background. And God finally said, either you got to do this or you got to keep going through that same cycle of hitting the that ceiling and never getting to where you want to be yeah. unless you, you be obedient. And I finally decided to be obedient in my call and uh, embrace it fully. So Kadesh Family Life Center was born. Thank you. Pastor B. Man, I'm sitting here like, I, I wish I could be a little bit more profound because these guys have answered so eloquently and well. Uh, I always knew I was going to be a <laughs> Okay. Hey, this is why, this is why uh, I bought the variety. I always knew. Now, when, you know, probably was, was, was different at times, I, I would have preferred to have been a pastor older uh, so that I could get some sin out too, you know, but I couldn't, I could not. You didn't miss something. I, I, yeah, yeah, I know, you know, but I couldn't escape it. And so for me, when I went to college, because I grew up in church, I was thinking that was going to be my turn up time. I, yeah. I promise you I did. Yeah. And instead, I, I ended up having the largest group on campus, that, which was a Bible study. Uh, and, and we were reaching 10% of the population. And it, it was when I was doing more studying for my final sermon to, to to the people than I was my finals where I said, yeah, I'm probably, I can't, I can't even escape this thing. I'm going to be a pastor. And so that was me, man. And I, and I was all in and, and still all in. And, and that's just kind of where, where, where we are. Okay. So since y'all brought up getting that sent out and no, we ain't bring that. Let's 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 clarify. <laughs> Pastor Hampton brought up getting this sent out. Let's talk about let's talk about and you don't have to name names, but what are your thoughts about that? There are some brothers in our faith who clearly have not gotten this sent out. Um, what are your thoughts about how do we avoid, um, especially as, as a pastor, how do you avoid those moral failures that so many other well, not so many that other pastors have succumbed to how do you avoid that and whoever wants to go first can jump in i i, I guess i'll jump in i don't know if you can and, and i'll just be honest with you i don't know if you can the only can, only thing that you can do not only as a pastor but as a, a a believer is trust god and walk by faith and allow him to guide your steps we're always going to make choices that uh don't highlight the best of Christ in our lives because we're human. The, 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 the point is once you make that choice or you do something that, that, you, that, that doesn't represent him well, being able to humble yourself and say, you know what, I messed up, let me get back on track. The problem comes in when you don't want to get back on track and you want to continue doing what it is that you know that that Christ doesn't want you to do, whatever okay. it may. Be. 
Okay. Yeah. I think that's that's the that's when we 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 as the old saints used to say, dim our light and allow allow uh, uh, the light of Christ to go dim in our in our, in our lives because we we want what we want and not what He wants for us. Okay. Yeah, I I, I think that's so true. We're all tempted all the time. Um, the anointing is attractive, whether we want to deal with that or not. the The anointing is it is attractive, and um, for for me, you have to surround yourself with people. Uh, who see the anointing on you, in you, and around you, and uh, and and are protective of it. I thank God for for accountability uh, partners. Uh, I think every pastor needs a pastor, um, and you need someone who can check you and be like, "Hey, I see you slipping. I see you. I see you headed down a path, and at the end of that path is is destruction." And and so, um, you know, I, I think all of us, none of our sinning stopped when we accepted Christ or when we accepted the call, um, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, but, but, but we have to, uh, have people around us that will hold us accountable. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with all of that. I think, uh, you know, scripture makes it clear and that's what pastor Rich was just talking about. Uh, ain't none of us without sin. Right. And so even when we talk about moral failure, that's not just a pastoral thing, right? That's a that's a flesh thing. And all of us as men and women have flesh. I think what we're talking about on a deeper level is, is how do we avoid exposure, right? And and in my opinion, you know, scripture says that God covers a multitude of sin, that his love covers a multitude of sin. And so I think where exposure happens is and i think this is what pastor rich was alluding to when your heart becomes hard and you stop listening to the voice of god and and not only having accountability but being honest with your accountability because if accountability asks if you're good and you're saying yeah but you're not then then that's the deeper issue right and so it's 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 what accountability can you be honest and open and transparent with uh and 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 know that they'll see you as 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 human first before they see you as as pastor or deacon or bishop whatever it is and then it's through that su submission to the accountability that i think you're able to keep your life in check uh and not just going to accountability when you're in crisis right I yeah think for for me is having consistent accountability i get up with someone every single week and we're asking these questions and there's triggers that will pre that 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 will cause you to ask deeper questions which keeps you further away from from where you don't want to be uh so that's just my personal opinion you know i think uh as long as you are sensitive to that voice of god and that heart is transparent and you've got that accountability then then that sin is able to be put in check uh, which all of us have as as whoever it is. We all got it. So the Bible gives us a blueprint for a lot of stuff. But to my knowledge, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, there really isn't a blueprint about if you're in ministry and you have and you fall into some type of sin or some type of moral issue about what happens after that. 
you know, you know what happens to your your position or, or what do you do in ministry? Um, what are your thoughts about that? You know, the old saints would say you need to sit down for a while and, and that that kind of stuff. So, you know, you, you, a, a person has this 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 sin or this moral failure, and you know, when do they re? When do they continue their ministry, or do they ever continue their ministry? Anybody I, have any thoughts on that? I think the Bible does give gives us a blueprint. It's the same blueprint that it gives for every saint. When you <laughs> there find, you go, come on, man. When you find a brother that has fallen, you pick him up, you present him to the church. Mm-hmm. If they repent, you forgive them and you put them back into the place that they fell from. The problem is, as humans, we watch people fall. And then we want to cast them away and put right. it on world stop and tmz yeah. Yeah. yeah okay we want to throw them away or we we want to we want to mark them as not worthy to hold the position well man didn't put them in that position god did and if god said if we repent he will restore us then we're restored right back to where he 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 placed us it's 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 us as humans, as church folk, that want to cast people aside because they tripped up and fell. Yeah, I think the same grace that's needed in the seats is the same grace needed in the pulpit. Amen. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't don't even want to accept that reality, right? Like you come into the building and you need all types of grace extended in the seat, and then if the pulpit has an issue. Whoever is in it. Then it's like nah, that the same rules don't apply, and I and, and hear me, I, God doesn't see one sin as bigger than the other. Right. We do. We do, because and 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 where we get off is we pass judgment and treatment on. Well, if the pastor told a lie, he's cool. But if he committed adultery, he got to be out of ministry forever. And 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 I'm not excusing one or the other. Hear me, I'm not excusing one or the other. What I am saying is that God saw the same sin, the same way. And mm-hmm. it's us that decides like which, how we're going to treat it. And I don't think that that's always fair, nor do I think it's right. Now, I'm not saying that there needs to be. I, I do think that there are times where it calls for rehabilitation. Hear me. But never do I think you should be shocked uh, at all because, you know, we all put our pants on the same way everyone else put their pants on and we put our shirts on the same way and all of that in fact what we need is more love you know and and understanding uh and so that's my that's my personal opinion you will never hear me bash uh someone else because i i need i need grace for 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 my journey man this journey is hard and i need grace and that's not saying that i'm in a life of sin but what it's saying is that there's a complete awareness that we're all one dumb decision away from from doing something stupid. All of us are. We're one dumb decision away, and and that can come at any given moment. And so I just pray it don't happen to me. That's all. Sorry, I dropped out there for a second. It's all right. Um, I, I would say that that I believe the last thing I heard was that the same grace that is needed for the pulpit um, mm-hmm. that is needed in the pew is needed for the pulpit. I think that's absolutely right. Um, I think part of it comes with not allowing yourself to get elevated to this pedestal 
uh, because when you're when you're on that pedestal, people love to knock you off that pedestal. Um, I think you have to be aware of your own proclivities, your own your own issues, and and protect yourself. The the, the one pushback I would have is that in in the Bible, when David was in sin, Nathan didn't Nathan the prophet. Oh, he was about to give something good. Uh, yeah, no. He's about to say something, something about Nathan the prophet. He really was. He really was. Let's see if he's gonna come back. Uh, what did what happened with what happened, Pastor? With with, with David Nathan, David said Nathan one said thing, that's you. Yeah, one thing that I that I take from that story, and I don't know, if that's what he was about to say, was all Nathan did was tell David. I know. I know about your sin. That's you you messed up. You did it. And it was up to David to say, Lord, I repent. He never he he never said you need to come, you need to step down from being king. You need a timeout. You need to sit to the side. You need somebody else to rule for a little while. No. He he confronted him with his sin. And then because David had the heart of God, and that's another that's another show uh, about um, our pastors. Because he had a heart of God, he was in uh, uh, automatic repentance for what what he had done. Absolutely, and let's be clear: we're talking about position. We're not talking about consequence, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. you're going to have consequences. Exactly. We're talking about position, you know, and the position is going to the position. It will always, okay, uh, that's Apostle Paul. He lets us know that you're going to be held to a higher standard. Uh, and so the, the position is what we're really talking about here. The consequence, well, 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 we know that there's consequences for every decision that we make, but we're more so talking about position. Pastor Anthony, you want to finish your point? Yeah, man, we was ready. You, had, you left us yeah, hanging. We're we trying to read your mind. <laughs> Uh, and he froze again. <laughs> God, I love technology. Your audio, Pastor Hampton. Up there. Well, we got another one. Let's see if this one. Okay. How about this one? Okay, we here good? we go. Yeah, we, we good. good. You want to finish your point? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying that Nathan um, challenged David in private, and, and he restored him. And then what happened in private, God was able to use him even greater um, even after he had, even after he had I fallen, uh, some of the psalms that he wrote after he had fallen uh, were, were 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 far more better uh, uh, that bless us even more than the stuff that he wrote before yeah. he fell. And and so after the fall, there there God can still use you, and God can still God can still bless you. That's all I was trying to say. I love it. That's good stuff. Thank you. All right. So I I've heard this saying that. One of the most loneliest times in a pastor's life is Sunday afternoon. I want to know what your thoughts are about the the potential isolation and loneliness that pastors could feel. Does anybody have any thoughts about that? The loneliest time is after you preach. Has anybody else heard that before? Am I am I making this up? I, I, no, I've heard it. I've heard yeah. it uh, 
quite a bit. Um, so and just in general, and not only loneliness, but just the, the mental health, the mental health challenges that, that pastors face as well. What are your the thoughts on just the isolation, loneliness, mental health, all that kind of stuff? I'll let the experienced pastors uh, answer that first. <laughs> I, I was going to say, well, I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, so I ain't, I ain't, it ain't lonely for me after I it's, <laughs> it's hectic and crazy, and I wish it was lonely. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but, but no, um, I, I won't say that that's my experience. I, I, I really think, I think pastoring can be lonely. Uh, I think that, um, you have to make a decision on who you're going to do life with and who you're going to surround yourself with. And, and, and again, you know, so I, like, I have a solid crew around me. I think what what can be lonely about pastoring is really the weight that you carry right. and no one really understands that and right. no one really gets that and it's hard to communicate that to people and even when you try unless you're talking to another pastor I don't think they'll get it and that can be lonely and shared experience uh, because most of the time the people you're doing life with directly aren't pastors and so they don't get that but um, the office, you know, I think if you're intentional about surrounding yourself with the right people, which, uh, you know, I think we've done well at, then I think you'll be okay. But I think the experience itself can be um, a little interesting at times. Okay. My, my, my answer is, I guess, a little bit different. Um, I think that Sunday after, anytime after you preach, um, you pour yourself out. You, you pour yourself out to the people you, 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 I only know one speed. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, how to coast. I only know one way to, one way to do this. And uh -huh. so, and so you, you empty yourself. And then, you know, when you, as, as I'm trying to make my way back to the office, this person has a problem they want to share with you and you need to, you, you need to tap into your reserve to minister to this person or, or this person has a concern. And, and, and Sunday afternoon, sometimes the, I, I know the enemy tax me and I, I hear, you know, you, you shouldn't have said that you should have said this in the sermon. You should have said this in the sermon instead. And so, um, but I think, um, pastor's right. You have to be intentional about who you have, you know, who you have around you. And, and so family, the, the, the family dinner time is so important to me, um, you know, to connect with my wife, to connect with my kids. Um, my sister, my father, um, to, to, to connect with them and, and to really, really speak life. And even if I'm trying to be negative and I'm, I'll be like, you know, tell my wife, you know, I didn't have a fastball today. You know, she's like, I'm not, we're not even entertaining that, you know, the word of God went forth, it blessed who it was supposed to bless. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that, but it can be even Jesus, when he was the woman touched the hem of his coat, uh, garment, she, he said, "Who who touched me? Because the the virtue, the power went out of him. I think mm -hmm. as as preachers, you know, we have to be cognizant of that that that, that the virtue can be pulled out of us. And the question is, where do you get your strength from when it gets when it gets pulled out of you? Yeah, that's good. Um, for me, I, I just to echo that. I think sometimes as preachers, not only pastors but preachers in general, after you have um spoke you go back and you begin to question what 
should I, should I have done this? Did I do this? Should I have said this? And that puts you in a, a lonely state because now you have isolated yourself because you're questioning um, what, what God used you to do. And again, and, and I agree with the brothers, you have to be intentional to, um, goes back to what we talked about before, accountability. You have to have those people that, that hold you accountable and say, okay, uh-uh, let's, let's get, let you, God used you, what was said needed to be said, now it's time to move forward. And you need those people in your lives, whether it's your family, whether it's uh, brethren, to say, okay, snap out of it, let's keep going. For me, the difference is when I was an associate preacher, I was just an associate, I didn't have the concerns that I have as senior pastor. As, as senior pastor, I'm the whole worship, I don't even really get to worship because I'm thinking, all right, are the ushers all right? Are they being mean to somebody at the door? I, I see some people fanning. Do we need to turn the air up? Uh, the, the musician, is he is he all right? Are, are they are they are they on key? Uh, oh my god, I want to choke the sound man because this mic is echoing. Like not the sound man. Why the sound no, man? No, not the sound man. <laughs> as a as a former sound man, oh man. That was, right. that was a shoddy clip. That was just a shoddy clip. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but but all those all that stuff kind of kind of goes goes through my head as as pastor. And then you know, uh, and then when I get to the office, I'm, I'm you know I'm kind of replaying in my mind. You know how, how did today how did today go? But ultimately, you know I'm grateful that I got because I'm grateful I got somebody to pull me out of that headspace. Or, or you can go down the rabbit hole and 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 critique yourself, and you already got enough people critiquing you. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Thank you. All right, I wanna I wanna kind of switch directions just a little bit. I have no doubt that all of you love your congregations and, and the wonderful people that serve in your ministries. There's no no dispute. But I also know I've been around long enough that people can and have and will say some crazy stuff. I want to know, think about like the craziest thing someone has said to you. Um, and you can share on it, whatever you want. You can tell from your perspective or you can tell a story you've heard from another pastor. But I want to know what out-of-pocket thing has someone ever said to you personally um, that it's like, who are you talking to? Or I'm going to have to pray real hard for you, brother or sister. <laughs> Uh, I, I, want, I want the neighbors to really understand the kind of garbage I, that you I, all I have to deal with sometimes. I had a uh, incident where I actually almost fought my worship leader. Yeah, I probably shouldn't tell that story. <laughs> you can't. Oh, you I can't leave with that in the drop. I'm thinking I'm just talking to you. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just talking to y'all. Off uh, air, off air. We have you. You're telling me the story pass to be off air. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, tell you that. I'm gonna tell, tell you that. Story, drink on, yeah, I had to have. Well, let's put it this way, because I gotta keep it. I don't start there. Uh, my 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 guy, my sound guy had to had to had to get in the middle because I I was ready. Um, he said, "Man, you gotta calm down." But uh, so off air, Cliff, I'll tell you that story, and maybe okay. when we get off, I'll, I'll tell y'all that as well. But I also had someone come to me. I remember we had just 
uh, we were getting ready to, we had been two years in and I had a, a young lady, not a young lady, an uh, older lady, but nonetheless a lady uh, who we might've been, this is probably our first or second year in ministry. And uh, our church, uh, I don't know about you all, but we're, we're very, um, we are very, uh, we're unapologetic about the tithe. We're unapologetic about uh, offerings and raising money to, to help our community and all of that. And I remember she tells me, uh, we, we put out an annual report every year. We do all of that kind of stuff. And she tells me uh, probably about, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 people at that time. And and she was she probably knew she was one of our highest givers. And she said, I need to tell her how much money I'm making uh, so that she can decide <laughs> if it's being if the budget is being spent properly. And uh, and I told her, quite frankly, I ain't going to ever tell you how much I'm making. Uh, and, and I could care less what you decide to do from here. Uh, and her, her family left, you know, I just, I, I knew what she was looking for. What she was looking for was power. And I knew that if I, and, and for me, it was really a faith thing because I think she knew she was the highest giver. And I definitely knew she was the highest giver at that time. Cause we didn't have a whole lot of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like I was counting no coin. I just knew eight but 10 people giving in this thing for real anyway. And and it was a faith move for me for sure, but that was the craziest thing, man. And but I refused to succumb to that pressure. Uh, that story is probably not as good as the first one, but that's about the second craziest thing that's ever happened for sure. Okay. Uh, the craziest thing that's ever happened to me wasn't with the church member; it was with another pastor. Um, I was in the pulpit. Uh, I was a guest preacher at his church, and. Um, he, we're, we're in the pulpit, the choir is singing, and he he put his hand on my knee and and kind of slid it up a little bit towards my thigh. <laughs> Doc, I'm really glad you're here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need you to move that hand, sir. <laughs> and the worship leader tells us, you know, everybody grab your neighbor's hand, we finna pray. And we fit, we we grabbed, we holding hands, and he did that John where he slid his finger like, like on my palm. No way, I don't believe. <laughs> like, no way. I'm like yo. <laughs> and you was the guest. You was the guest preacher. Spiritual in here. <laughs> was you was you a guest preacher? I was a guest preacher. I got a question for you. Did did he pay for your room? I left. I left. <laughs> I left. Yes. Did you tell like, I got a hotel room for you. I'm like, it's a, it's a, it's a three hour drive, but I'm driving those three hours to get home. <laughs> Did you tell them Lady Hampton will fight her brother? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. That was the craziest situation. Yo, that's hilarious. I, I was, I was oh, so man. uncomfortable. And, you know, the whole time I'm preaching, he's behind me. I'm wondering, what is he looking at? You know? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, Pastor Kitchens, I don't know if you could top that, but. Uh... No, I don't think I have anything to top <laughs> that right there. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're, we're new, so we're almost. A month in 
But you got Pastor Kitchens. I know you got a lot of years in ministry. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess the, the craziest things. Let me think. Um, I think one of the, the craziest things that had that have been said to me was not from a church member, not from a, a preacher, but it was from a coworker, because they could not understand why I would ever want to be a preacher. Mm -hmm. They, they, I mean, they, they rip me, try to rip me uh, a, a new one because of my stance on what, what I believe, because I, because I, I said, I trust God. And I don't even remember what the conversation was about, but, um, old boy was just coming at me with a whole bunch of, you know, the yin yang, the, the, the ignorant wisdom, that's what I call it, the ignorant wisdom. You think you're so smart that you're not even making sense type stuff. And all I all I said is, bro, I, I, I believe what the word say and I trust God. But that that's, I've had some crazy conversations with people, but it was more of where they stood and what they, they um, believed okay. compared to what I believe. I, I hope I don't ever have uh Pastor Hampton's story. Yeah me. No, I know no, I know some people and some pastors that were probably I might know the pastor. Was it was he from a never mind. <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> okay, so so after that there's no great way to say but but I want to talk about um, one of the more controversial topics in 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 the the, the church as a whole um where do you stand on women in ministry and specifically women holding the title of elder or pastor uh, i'd like to know what your your thoughts are on that yeah i'm all for it you know i'm, I'm all for it now for yeah, me I'm all, go ahead pastor rick i was gonna say for me it was an evolution um, I grew up in a very traditional Baptist church. I'm from Arkansas, and women women weren't accepted in ministry. Um, but as I began to grow, I started asking myself questions as to as as to why. Um, and then there are several women I met that were just flowing in that office and were incredible. And I'm like, well, what what do we do with what do we do with that? What what do we do with a Gina Stewart? Uh, what do we do with a Claudette Copeland? What do we do? You know what? What do we do with that? And so, um, it, it was an evolution for me, uh, a, a realization. And now, my my wife, my wife preaches and and can can preach you under a table. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. I know a lot of that pastors don't, but Apostle Paul is speaking of a lot of times people don't understand the context of who he's talking to. Right. Uh, and yeah. when he's using women, he's actually talking about prostitutes. Uh, and and because in that text of, of that church, they were surrounded by women who were prostitutes who were just coming out of that and was saying that those women should not yet be allowed to speak in the church. And so uh, a lot of times people make, uh, you know me, Cliff, I mean, I, I, 
come on, fifth of sound biblical preaching and teaching. And a lot of people just don't do the homework and the research yeah. and the time and, and they see things and, and they really are really don't have enough uh, context to ever make a, a statement like that. Uh, if, and if you really want to go as to um, like the genesis of it, what do we do with Mary? What do we do with Mary? God chooses a woman to be the person who actually carries his son. And, yeah. and, and, and remember, we're talking about God here. God could have chose any way to do it. Anyway, this is God. You don't have to do it the way that our finite mind thinks. And he says, no, I'm going to use a woman who he saw was, was without blemish and had favor enough. So, so, you know, I could go, I'm not going to preach it, but I could go all the way through and you can see that God uses a woman so often and so much. Uh, even if you go into the promised land, he uses Rahab. So it's like, you, yeah. you can't, you can't just exclude women from the, the evolution and really the history of our, you know, I, all right, I'm done. Oh, I get <laughs> about that. And then you're right. He uses Mary Magdalene to preach the first, you know, post-resurrection marriage. Go tell the Come disciples on. of Peter uh, that I've risen and uh, meet me in absolutely. Right. At the first, absolutely. The first resurrection sermon. Yeah. Who, who by absolutely. the way, was a prostitute, according. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, so, so, so then you really got to get into the fact that when, when he even made that statement, he was also just coming out of having a serious conversation with Peter on Jews and Gentiles. So what was the state of Apostle Paul's mind when he even wrote that message to Timothy? If it, but again, this is a whole nother conversation. We can right. really break that thing down, but there's a lot behind the, the behind those words. Yeah. All right. So since since we since we started with women in ministry, uh, talk to me about the role that your wives have in the ministry uh, and your perception of, of the, the pastor's wife. Well, for me, my wife is more than just a uh, first lady, even though she don't want to claim the, the, the title. Um, she's my executive pastor. She, she, she makes sure I'm in line, the church is in line, the business is handled, you know. Um, so she handles that, that, that portion of it. But no, for me, I always looked at it as whether that wife held the title of minister or pastor, she was still pastor because we are one. And though I may have been called to hold the position, we were both called to operate in ministry. That's just what I, I believe. I, I take it all, all the way back to uh, uh adam when adam when when god created eve he didn't create eve just because adam was lonely adam had a whole bunch of animals and and he, he had a purpose to fulfill mm -hmm. he created eve because he knew adam could not uh fulfill that purpose by himself he needed help and and my wife is my help he she's my partner in this call to ministry so whether she holds a title or not 
she's pastor the other part of it because we work together to build what God is um, calling us to do. Anybody else have any anything they want to say? I think your spouse, um, your, your spouse should operate in what her gifting is. Um, my wife is a prayer warrior. Um, she can get a prayer through. So even prior to her accepting her call in the ministry, um, she she she's a prayer. And um, I'm grateful for that. She she will. It, it was nothing for her to just go grab a member, uh, grab someone in worship and start praying with them. Um, she prays with me. Um, she's she's a she's a prayer warrior. My, my wife is is more of a behind the scenes person. Um, and um, I'm grateful for her and her gifting. And um, and she has the gift of encouragement because. There are times I've wanted to, to to throw in the towel. I wanted to walk away. I wanted to start me one of them one name churches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we we're gonna do coffee and tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, she, she prayed for me. She encouraged me. And and during seasons where it was difficult for me for to pray for myself, um, I knew that she was praying for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, I've never put any pressure on my wife to feel like my call was hers. And so, uh, like, my wife is in the in, in the marketplace, man. She's a social worker, a counselor. She just took a position in the school. And uh, she's a school social worker now in PG County and having so much impact already. I just never really put that pressure on her to feel like she had to be a uh she had to fit the mold of what a first lady is. Now, my church absolutely love her. She's preached. She's uh, done women groups and women's nights and all of that. You know, but we don't. And if I, if I really blow your mind, I don't even have conversations about it. You know, I, there's absolutely no pressure from it at all. If, if God will say, uh, hey, man, I think you should preach on uh, this day here, baby. What you, what you think? She said, okay, cool. You know, but we don't really have a lot of this. I have given her the free reign to do whatever she wants to do in this church. Uh, now, our church will honor her and they will respect her, but I've never tried to put a role on her or a position on her. She'll, she'll hop in wherever she needs. I think in this season with having two kids under, uh, under well, not under two no more, but a one-year-old and pretty much a three-year-old, uh, our kids are 16 months apart. I think the house that she feels most called to is my personal address <laughs> and 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 she's doing it well and 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 that's kind of uh what we're doing so there's times where she's at home with the kids and i'm at church and i'm by myself but she's but what she's doing is freeing up the pastor to be there for for the flock and i come home and and we having good times and we laughing and talking whatever so that's kind of our that's our thing that's our role um but yeah that's who we are thank you now i know I know this this kind of stuff enough to know that if I asked you, has anyone ever talked crazy to your wife? I'm sure you would all have stories or you will know stories of stories. But I promise y'all we get out here in a certain amount of time. So we'll save that for another show. <laughs> but I know I know what happens. I know people talk out of pocket to the pastor's wife. I know what happens. All right. Um, I think I got time for maybe one or two last questions. What do you think when you hear the word or the term church hurt? What comes to mind when you, when you hear that? 
I don't know if y'all want my honest answer. Yes, th- yes, uh, I definitely want your honest answer. You can be this is, this, this is the safe space. Mm. Immaturity. Most people who express church hurt are really, when I hear it, it's spiritual immaturity. Uh, I'm not saying that church hurt doesn't exist. I think hurt people exist everywhere, including the church. But most of the times, uh, people have been really immature in whatever it is. Well, I just felt like, you know, they shouldn't have spoke to me that way. Okay. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that, and let's really express. You know, so I just for for me, it's it's immaturity. It's what it comes down to. I don't, I don't think many people are uh, mature in their faith. And, and we just went through a whole series with this at our church, but just because you're older doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. You know, age has nothing to do with spiritual maturity. So there's a lot of us who are, can be 30, 40, 50 years old and still be babes in Christ. And I think uh, depending on your spiritual maturity determines how you process. And I think sometimes uh, pastors have to do a better job at understanding who they're speaking to. Uh, is this a baby in Christ? Is this some spiritual mature? Is this an unbeliever? Is it a new believer? And then also training our leaders around us to be able to identify who we're having conversation with because who I'm having a conversation with determines how I show up to the conversation. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but I, I think it's, it's immaturity on both sides. You know, a lot of times it's immaturity of the person that that receives the church hurt. For sure. But it's also immaturity sure. on the person that does whatever is done. Yeah, I remember absolutely. My, my wife was telling me um, back in our old and in, in my dad's church in New Jersey that uh, my aunt, when, when my wife first joined the church, my aunt, my wife wore, wore makeup, more lipstick, you know. We Kojic. Oh, you can't do that in Kojic. <laughs> the dress has got to be a certain length. You can't have lipstick on, all that stuff. And she had some, she said she had some stockings on. I think it was some stockings with fish, with holes in them or fish, almost fishnet or something. And she told her because she had makeup on and lipstick that she was going to hell. And she was crushed. Mm. And if it wasn't for my father that that was the mature one and 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 kind of ministered to her and explained to her that's not true you know whatever whatever don't don't mind what she said she he literally said that she wasn't mature enough to to say that to her because that wasn't biblical so a lot of times we have to like like you said pastor we have to be whether it's us as the pastor when we when we're speaking to people or correcting people or our leaders we have to be mature enough to know and have the wisdom of god enough to know how, what to say how to say it when to say it and and which way <laughs> to, to, to put, it, put it put it across but again that boils down to spiritual maturity i don't know I don't know how you guys felt, 
but when I first started pastoral ministry, my biggest concern was would I have a fresh word for the people every week? That's not been the biggest concern. The biggest concern is is refereeing people and wow. and, and and fights and, and and personality personality disputes. And you're right, it is a lot of spiritual and, and immaturity. And the church is the place where hurt people come and hurt people hurt other people. people right. And 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 you know that whole makeup thing, you know, that was something that's been passed down from generation to generation. We don't even know where it comes from. Nope. But you know, we we, we arguing about it. We fight about started it. again on this women's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can I can give you a whole lecture about pants. Just just women in pants. It's it's insane. But um, I think where do we get us, that from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if we no, be honest, Jesus, if you think about Jesus scripture. Was, Jesus, Jesus didn't wear wore, pants. Right. <laughs> Jesus yeah. didn't wear pants. So right. where did we get that? From? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. He did not have a fresh. He did not have a fresh crease in his in his pants. No. So um, absolutely not. He didn't have a yeah. suit on either. But that's that's another sermon. Don't don't even get he me started on that. On. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> that's another reason why I was looking for a one word church. <laughs> I might see you become a one word church then because um. <laughs> Mm -mm. I got holes Look, in my pants, so I might not be able <laughs> post COVID. I don't even do suits no more. Post COVID, right. not, give me jeans and a t shirt. No I'm good. That's right. All right. I, I want to get y'all out of here, but I want to do two quick things. Um, so one question, rapid fire, just this uh one a uh, quick sentence or so. Um, your greatest joy about being a pastor. What do you see or among your greatest joy? Being someone come to the light and watching them change and grow. Changing someone's life. Uh, seeing the word come alive. Okay. Biggest challenge. Changing someone's seeing life. Seeing the word come alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Tradition. 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 All oh, right. My. Play this one. I'm gonna play one quick game. Then we're gonna get out of here. We're gonna do biblical word association. All right. I'm, oh gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a name of a person from a Bible. Give a word or just a, a few sentences about that person. Now you your answer can be serious. You could be as righteous as you want, or it could be as ratchet as you want, or anything in between. All right. All right. So we're gonna start with Adam. Irresponsible. Okay. Pump. Oh yes, that's good. Impact. What'd you say, Pastor? Pastor Hampton? Impact. Okay. Uh, Eve. Misunderstood. Slick. Scapegoat. Misunderstood. Slick. All right. All right. Noah. AA. Courageous. <laughs> Courageous. Courageous. Better than me. Okay. Joey. 40 days, 40 days in the, locked in the boat with the family and the animal. <laughs> you better than me. <laughs> Job. Wow. Long Wait. suffering. One of my heroes. Mm. 
Okay. All right. Um, Mary, mother of Jesus. Bless him. I like that vessel. Uh, I, I don't got the one word for it, but but I would use the same word though. Courageous. Okay. If I had to use a sentence, it, it would simply be. Uh, I still ain't got it. it, it I, I I think very highly of Mary, uh, so okay. I, I still ain't got it. That, Not that, that I'm Catholic. That, that's it. You think very highly of her. That's 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 your thing. Yeah. All right, I got two more. Yeah. Judas. Soccer. Vessel. Misunderstood. That's, that's, that's okay. good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> and last but not least, the Apostle Paul. My favorite. Um, I would have to say courageous. Innovator. Innovator. My favorite passage of scripture starts in Romans 7 when he says, Come on, man. But Come on, man. Evil is always present. And then he ends at 8 with nothing shall separate us from the love of God. That's, that's my favorite. Oh, what about when he said, he said, the thing that I wish I would not do is the very thing that I end up doing. How I hate myself. God, yeah. dog. Or when he said, man, I really can just go home now. Yeah, I could just go home and be with Jesus, but for you, I'm a sticker. Boy, that yeah. boy, Apostle Paul, was a bad boy, man. He was yeah. on one. He was on one. Bars and bars. Told, 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 bars. Came back bars. and told Peter, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> he just I mean, that boy was crazy. I love Pastor Apostle Paul. Man. He was a gangster, man. Oh man, this has been outstanding. You know, you got good guests when you could just say one word and then they just riff. For for another few minutes, like that's that, that's great. I cannot thank you, brothers, enough for for joining me today. This has been uh, outstanding, and um, this I have been loving it. And you know, they already want another sh another show with y'all. Um, you know, I'm I don't know. These are busy brothers. I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't be taking up all the time. But I can't I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you to all the neighbors for watching. We do this show every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to hang with us live, we would love it. If you can't, you can always watch on demand. Go to TurnToYourNeighbor.com for all the links to all the different ways you can watch on demand. Links to Facebook, links to YouTube, to Turn To Your Neighbor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You know, we don't care how you watch and listen. We just appreciate the fact that you do watch and listen. Um, once again, I would like to thank my guests. Uh, does anybody have anything you might want to put out there? Social media handle, your church address, cash app, anything y'all want to promote, website, anything? You always go for it. <laughs> Well, you thank you, thank you. <laughs> you uh, as always, you are a great host. We appreciate you and yes, uh, the jokes yes, that you sir. do. Hey, Mac, the inmates are running the asylum this week. The inmates are running the asylum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, appreciate you, Cliff. Thanks for the invite. Have fun with you guys tonight. And uh, looking forward to hanging out with y'all again. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you. 
you wonderful guys. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. Wonderful time. Bless okay. You. Once again, thank you, Pastor B, Pastor Kitchens, Pastor Hampton. Happy clergy uh pastors appreciation month to all three of you. I'm 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 happy. I'm grateful. I, I know all y'all. Like I can just message or text all y'all and stuff. So, and I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you for coming on. Neighbors, want to thank you for all, all you neighbors for coming out tonight. Until next time, take care and be blessed. Peace. Peace.